Hey, my friends, welcome back to Monday Morning Espresso. This is Gabby. It's a beautiful day in Dallas today. Again, I'm opening up talking about the weather, but I have to say, the past few days have been frigid in Dallas. We didn't hit, get hit like some of the other southern places like Houston and Atlanta and stuff with snow, unfortunately. Um, but it has been cold, but it's so funny because some of these cold days have this crystal blue sky and it just reminds me of being in Colorado in the winter in the cold and the other day when everyone else was bundling up and trying to stay inside I decided to go outside and vacuum my car because it felt like I was alive every everything was cold my hands were cold my lungs were cold <laughs> and I just felt so happy call me weird but it was a really enjoyable time um, today it's another beautiful day and I am actually currently sitting in the parking lot of a Starbucks and as soon as I go into the Starbucks I will be editing and posting this podcast so you are getting this in real time my friends. Um, I got the coolest gift for Christmas from my mother-in-law. She got me this Starbucks cup that I get a free cup of coffee every day in January. So to say I have been drinking a lot of Starbucks this month would be an understatement. It has kind of been the (laughs) platform of everything that I do this month. So instead of writing from my home office or whatever, I've been writing from Starbucks and working on my website from Starbucks and doing whatever needs to be done from Starbucks. So it's been a good month and (laughs) February will be tragic. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Last week we talked about Lazarus and we talked about delay. We talked about how sometimes we have to wait until something fully dies to really see the glory and miracle of God. And I had mentioned that I wanted to talk this week about why Lazarus, I mean, sorry, not Lazarus, why Jesus got angry when he saw Mary weeping. Let's read it together. We are looking at John 11, verse 32. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Now in the past, I don't know if it's because I just grew up like very performance-based, like I just wanted to please everyone and felt as though if I didn't do things the right way, then I would lose favor or why. I think really it's just human conditioning, human relational conditioning that made me think this way. But every time I read this in the past and saw that Jesus got angry, I thought that he was actually getting angry with Mary because he saw her weeping like Did he get angry with her because she lacked faith? Or why did it say that he got angry? So I went and looked up a commentary about it. I really like Blue Letter Bible. It's always very clear for me. Um, And he uses a lot of backup commentaries within his commentary, which is helpful. Just a little tip in case you're wanting to find something easy to go look at when you're studying the Word. Um... But he was saying how this anger was an anger against the tyranny of death. And I love that. And how uh, the Greek word there was like, this anger was like the snorting of a horse, 
like preparing for a contest or like a wrestler getting ready to go into the ring and fight something. So basically what it's saying here is he wasn't angry with Mary. He was angry with the grip that death was holding on the people that he loved. And this really just punched me in the gut in the best way that the Lord was angry, not at Mary, but on Mary's behalf and on behalf of all of the people who have had to face death in anything, in in our hearts, in our dreams of people that we love. And he was preparing like a fighter to go and say, oh no, death, you do not win this time. But before he does, this is so beautiful, he engages compassionately with Mary again. So he says to her, after it says that the anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled, in verse 34, it says, where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. And it's just beautiful to me that he came to the scene of mourning. He saw Mary weep, and then he went to the scene of mourning where people were standing and grieving their friend, and he wept. And another very interesting thing is the Greek word used for the weeping that was Mary was like an inconsolable, uncontrollable weeping. For Jesus, it was like a calm, like silent tears running down his face kind of weeping. Like he wasn't out of control because he knew where the victory was, but he had so much compassion for these people who really, at that point in history, they were prisoners of death. And he had compassion for their heartache and their hardship. Like, this is the beautiful thing about our Savior, is he really came and identified with all of our sorrow and all of our pain. So he got angry at death, He had compassion enough to cry with his people. And then it says he was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. Jesus said, roll the stone aside. Everyone was like, why do you want us to do that? In the King James Version, it's hilarious. Martha actually said, it stinketh. Like, if you open that, it's going to smell bad. And this morning as I was reviewing this story to talk about with you guys um, and thinking about the shock that everyone had when he was like, take away the stone. Well, first of all, that took some faith for them to do it, to really believe him enough to do it, which says to me, you know, their faith was not as dead as we may have thought. Um, But also, it was a pretty audacious thing for Jesus to ask, like, take the door off of this place of death. Now for the you and I who have big dreams and have seen a dream die, like I said last week, that can be one of the most painful things in the whole world to see a dream die. Um, And there's a point at which a lot of us have to make this decision of, can I just find another way to not feel like I'm miserable? Like, can I find another way to be comfortable? Just, just settle. Can I just settle for where I am instead of keep any hope alive for this dream? But when Jesus comes and he says, take the stone away to me, I know in my life when he has said something like that to me, like 
start dreaming about this again. Take the lid off, take the door off, and start dreaming about this again. I'm going to be like, God, it's dead in there, and it stinks. And maybe you are okay with smelling it, but I'm not. Like, I don't want to be reminded of that death. It's already been painful enough for me to have to take take the lid off, open the door, however you want to think about it, to that dream again. I'm worried that if I do that, I'm just going to experience the death at a whole new level. I'm going to smell the reeking stench of it dying inside of my soul. And I don't want to do that. Like, that's hard. That's painful. But where is our faith? If Jesus says to do it, then we should probably do it. And we know what happened. Again, they, he, he rolled, they rolled the stone away from the tomb. And Jesus, when... When Martha said that the stink was going to be bad, Jesus said, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So let's go back to that. I'm sorry, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit, but do we want to see God's glory? Do we really want to experience his manifest presence and see his glory in our lives, displayed in our lives? Nothing is going to display that more than something dead brought to life. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So much can be said here, but can we just rejoice that when the word of God speaks, something activates and comes to life and nothing can stop it. I love how he even said, God, you always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here. Like, I think he does that for us too. If we're really listening, he's going to speak the life out loud in our hearts as we pray. I like to to prayer journal a lot and whenever I feel like the Lord is speaking I just write in red so it's a reminder like this is what the Lord has said even though he doesn't have to tell me that I think he does to let us in on the process of what it is that he's doing and to show us like this isn't about you this is about me and my power and my glory being manifest in this death in in your life um so Lazarus comes out he's alive And then he unwraps him and lets him go. So I don't know about you, but the thought of opening some of these tombs of dreams that have died, seeing them get resurrected, and then just sitting with Jesus and letting him unwrap these grave clothes away from it and bring us back into the fullness of the glory of this dream that has been planted in our hearts. That sounds like a pretty incredible thing to do with the Lord. So I hope, again, that this has been an encouragement to you today. I have been loving this story. We're going to stay on this theme for a couple more weeks. Next week, I'm going to talk about Ezekiel 37, the Valley of Dry Bones. It's going to feel similar, but I think this is a really important message for us as we head into a new year of allowing whatever looked dead in 2017 to have the hope of the God-breathed life in 2018. I love you guys. I am still really enjoying hearing from those of you who have bought my 31-day devotional, Here Comes the Dreamer. Please go check it out on Amazon if you haven't yet. I really think it will encourage and bless you as you walk into your dreams this year. 
and uh, subscribe to the podcast. That's super helpful. You guys are amazing. I love hearing from you. I loved hearing last week how the podcast really blessed some of you and was like exactly what you needed to hear. That is so encouraging for me. When I'm sitting alone in my room or in the car recording these and wondering who's on the other side listening. So just thank you for that feedback. God bless you and breathe life into your dreams this week. Talk to you next time.